0: Uh, thank you, Terry and Sophia, to join us today and be our speaker. And both of them had a lot of experience coaching in XR field to help uh, XR business grow. So yeah, I will pass the baton to uh, Terry and Sophia. And thank you so much for um, yeah, being our speaker today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. So um, I'll introduce us. I'm going to be doing a little fireside chat with Terry, who's an industry friend and colleague um, my name is Sophia Moshasha, and um, we're going to be talking about navigating the uncharted waters of the metaverse and how to become ready for the metaverse from a brand side, even from uh, an XR technologist side, um, how we can position our companies as XR technologists to um, deliver the right strategy for our science. And I, I apologize for the background noise. I have, um, I have some cute kids around me right now. Um, but anyways, my name is Sophia. Uh, I've been in the XR industry for about six years, doing a lot on um, strategic partnerships, strategy, PR, marketing, anything um, basically involving getting to know the key players in the industry, um, the trends in the industry, where things are going, um, and how to kind of connect all of those capabilities to create holistic solutions, Um for clients uh, across different industry sectors and for the past few years i've been working with terry Um, we we met through the vrar association um, through the marketing uh, committee uh, marketing advertising committee in the association Um, wrote some white papers some webinars together there and really connected um, on that side of things and um, and now for the past couple years we've been working together um, in a company called Virtual Reality Marketing, um, which Terry um, was is the founder of, and I'll let him go into more detail about that. Um, but yeah, that's that is our connection, and, and we're here today to talk about strategy. So, Terry, take it away. Um, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Thank you so much, Sophia, and thank you so much, Dominique, for having us as well. Uh, so, I'm Terry Proto. I'm CEO of For Reality Marketing, and as Sophia was sharing, for the past few years, we've been on this mission to connect enterprises, with leading metaverse creators, and and we do that in very many ways. Uh, On our website, virtualitymarketing.com, we're the largest showcase of immersive companies. Uh, We list more than 3,000 XR companies. We list more than 600 various case studies and uh, usage of AR, VR technology across all business verticals. Um, we're also the largest online community of XR and metaverse professionals. Uh, we have a group on LinkedIn called Reality Innovators Network, where uh, we're closing on seventy thousand people who have joined. So that's that's amazing. That's a fantastic resource. And and we do a lot of things. Again, we do network, monthly networking events, and and we are business consultancy specialized in AR and VR. Um, and our goal is really to, you know, be a guide to the business metaverse. And really, I like to say, I think at the end of the day, the mission is really to inspire, educate, and facilitate immersive business in that order.
1: Awesome. Well, let's just start with kind of like the awareness of the technology kind of leading up to today. What is kind of the evolution of the technology and the awareness of Um, of what it is, how it can be applied, um, how has it been implemented, you know, kind of up until now, kind of where are we at now?
2: Right, 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 right. And that's a good question because it's very funny when you talk about the metaverse and all of the technologies, people kind of feel that it's appeared out of the blue, you know, overnight. Whereas um, immersive technology has been around for a really long time something like more than 25 years. And originally it's really spawning from video games. Uh, For instance, you've had interactive 3D content uh, in games as far back as the first PlayStation and that was back in 1994. And, And so for a long while, you know, people have seen interactive 3D content in games and and that's why you know people tend to consider that when they see a three D world, it's gamey because well that's the only thing they've seen for a long time. And another thing has happened at the same time is that mobile devices have become more and more three D capable. And if you fast forward to around twenty fifteen, you know, uh, with the rebirth of VR and the first Oculus, that's when. Um, people have started to realize that, you know, this technology could be used for more than just games. And at the time, um, it was all in the future. So people were excited about the technology and excited about what you could do with all those things. But it was all, you know, you're going to be able to do this with travel and you're going to be able to do this for marketing. But the examples didn't exist. And for the next three, four years, there's been this, big experimentation phase where a lot of companies have tried to apply this technology uh, across various verticals and one of the very interesting things that has happened and i think one of the reasons why you know this isn't a fad is that when applying this um, 3d interactive technology that you see in AR and vr It has given like spectacular gains of productivity and ROI and you've got those fantastic success stories and it's more often than not. And so since 2020, 2021, we've entered this more mature stage of, well, people start to realize, like I was saying, immersive tech is not a fad, it's touching every industry. And now after all those years of experimentation, you've got all of those use cases of you know how it's impacting training and e-commerce and remote working and retail and medical and then then then. Well,
1: what so on that, so we do have a lot of use cases, which I think is really interesting as like proof points in this industry. What what has that kind of like enabled us now to be able to do now that we've had you know a lot of these proofs of concepts that have been executed?
2: Right. So <laughs> What I like to say is that, to me, it's kind of this perfect storm of favorable factors. Like, uh, you know, when something is long time in the making, you say that it's a a 20-year overnight success. And, And so I think all of those things have matured in the background. And on one hand, you've got the hardware. And for the hardware, you've got a sweet spot of, accessible and powerful devices you've got the headsets from the headsets you know just in a few years we went from the htc vive with a powerful pc and sensors everywhere and now you've got the quest and it's like 299 and you just have the headset and nothing else and same with the phones you know like now any mobile phone is a 3d powerhouse that you can compare to a playstation 3 or a playstation 4 and as I was saying on the software side, the business case are here now. And, and I think also another parameter is COVID. Like COVID really accelerated everything because everyone was so forced to work remote please that everyone was really off last two years to the box. And And, and so I think it has really accelerated the need for remote and digital everything. And another parameter coming from gaming, again, is the online worlds. Like People have seen those massively online worlds, like Fortnite and Roblox. And and not just the games, like all of the activities around the games. So, for instance, in Fortnite, it's very easy to uh, name the Travis Scott concert or the Ariana Grande concert. And those things have been drawing literally millions of people, Um, and and oh yeah, and of course the Facebook announcement. Uh, And so when you take all of those things, um, I think now we're getting to the place where all those things were separate and they're coming together, and um, and it's the beginning of really becoming mainstream, if you will
1: yeah that totally makes sense it's a, it's a very exciting time to be in this industry for sure right right
2: right, right. um
1: and, and, and so we're consulting with a variety of xr companies covering a wide range of industry sectors and that gives us a really unique perspective on you know the different capabilities and applications of the technology and from your interactions and observations with those companies and their end clients what are some of the successes that you've seen in executing a good XR strategy?
2: Well, that's a good one. Uh, um, At the beginning of the year, we published our top 10 AR and VR opportunity to take the whole year and review and see what everyone has been doing. And, So one of the examples I like very much talking of remote and doing everything remotely, there's this amazing company called Glue and they have this remote technology um, for spaces that have been designed for the business and are also very sexy. They are beautiful and inspiring. And they have this superb case study where in Europe, one of the largest media groups from Germany, is using, has been piloting this technology to handle, to use, to create VR remote meetings as an alternative to Zoom for certain type of events like workshops and design sessions. And I think one of the reasons why they like it is that it's not, you know, it's a perfect combination of, you know, being serious and achieving a goal and being functional, but also having a good time. And recreating the link with people, like all of those informal things that you do when you're in an office, you can do in VR as well. And they've had this fantastic feedback of like 93% positive feedback. And now it's being rolled out inside of the whole group as one of the tools they're gonna be using for communication alongside traditional means like uh, messaging and Zoom and everything else. Um, another example, if you want, is uh, I like the AR in restaurant example. Uh, there's a company called Curiel and completely different context. This time it's, you know, you're in a restaurant and they're like what they have, for instance, in New York with fancy restaurants and they have like, like all of those French and Italian desserts and no one knows the name and what's the I don't know. And so you don't know, you don't buy. And, and what those guys have been doing is using AR to bring those menus to life. And it's really cool. It's using photogrammetry, which is advanced photography and basically using advanced photography techniques, you can reproduce in 3D, something that looks exactly like the dessert or whatever's on the menu. And long story short, it's fantastic because it's super engaging for customers. They love the experience. Like I said, it brings the menu to life. And most importantly, once again, Some restaurants I've seen like a lift, a growth in like 20% or plus in sales, just because people love it and are excited. So it's always this nice mix of cool, fun, exciting and good for business.
1: Yeah, um, specifically with the restaurant AR example, (coughs) um, we actually did a play, um, a a few industry colleagues and I, um, did a play at uh, AWE this past um, June. And he called metatraversal a day in the life. And that was one of the scenes um, was to use augmented reality in a restaurant scenario. Um, especially now that we're all getting used to this, this idea of scanning an image or a code um, to be able to pull up some other to- sort of information um you know qr codes have been around for like what 15 years at least yeah, we yeah, never yeah. knew what to do any we never knew what to do with it at that time you know but you know and with so, covid
2: with covid yeah. like now it's worse like all the restaurants they need to have like the touchless menu thing where you don't exactly. have anything you just have a qr code
1: it's the expectation now i mean it's set us up perfectly for being able to deploy other types of of Um, technologies that are using like very similar um, capability sets so yeah it's very very interesting I think that's definitely um, the next phase from what we're going to see and um, specifically restaurants the utilization of this um, this immersive technology within restaurants Um, so in terms of like when brands and companies come to you or, you know, some of your XR clients, what are some of the, you know, I know everybody's like just so excited about this thought about converting to Web3 and the metaverse, um, but I know there's a lot of misconceptions of um, different misaligned expectations, perhaps, maybe not understanding either where to start, but also, you know, what the true capabilities are, where it's going, you know, how to set themselves up for success. Um, what what are the most common misconceptions that brands have when looking to execute immersive um, technology or metaverse strategies? And and how do you address those expectations versus the realities that brands might have when wanting to create those strategies?
2: Right. So that's, I think right now, that's probably the biggest topic of this year. Um, You were mentioning AWE. So there was the, the Augmented World Expo conference in Santa Clara. Uh, early June and I was you know everyone in the industry was there and it was a great time to reconnect and discuss and I've heard this like 50 times and the number one problem I find right now is people understand this technology is not going anywhere people understand they need to get involved somehow and, and they kind of want to jump in but at the same time with digital it's been something like 20 years and everything is super mature in digital And I think that's kind of creating a world where expectations of technology are sky high like you expect that you will go to the Apple store grab an iPhone or iPad and it's iOS 16 and all the features are perfectly developed and all of the details of everything are there whereas the reality is that well everything XR metaverse is really early and so A lot of those services and applications, they're like beta, alpha, year one, year two, maybe. And you've got these long roadmaps of future ahead. And what I like to say is that what's happening is people are excited by the industry and their expectations are so high that they expect that they're going to get on the betaverse. They're going to find someone and and everything is going to work. Everything is going to click. Everything is going to be simple and everything is going to be fast. And unfortunately, it couldn't be further from the truth right now there's a lot of potential in the industry but there's also a lot of friction and so one of the challenges we see for brands and companies entering is well they need to figure out their strategies they need to figure out what hardware they're going to be doing using and and to do that they need to talk to hardware vendors and then on their own they need to figure out what software or platforms are going to be using and again they need to find the vendors And same thing for content and same thing for like fleet management. And then you need to figure out if your content is gonna be compatible with your hardware and this and this. And so all of this friction, all of this complexity right now is the number one challenge of the industry and the number one thing we need to address for people.
1: Yep, absolutely. So let's talk about a little bit about how VRM might help in that sense um, you know we we don't want to recreate the wheel there's a lot of there's a lot of knowledge use cases and and kind of roi that has been developed in various industries um, through this these technologies that we want to be able to draw off of um, to be right. able to we don't want to have to reprove things over and over and over again um, and, and it's hard right now to, to locate that kind of information because of how disparate the, the, the information in is and how niche the industry is. Um, and I think that's where virtual reality marketing is really has a strong presence and being able to be the pinnacle for that knowledge repository, um, which is super, super important for both both uh, companies in our industry and in XR, um, as well as anybody outside of our industry um, looking for information on um, on the, on the technology. And so what are your thoughts on, you know, the information and resources that are out there? Um, and you know, what are some of the feedback that you've received from the community and what, and what VRM is doing as well?
2: Right. 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 And I think you're right. So, I mean, one of the ways to solve that problem, I absolutely agree is to help share this information. And, and so far, I like to joke and say that you know when we talk about the xr industry you know if you're a bubble inside of a bubble and maybe even inside of another bubble like you're so niche and it's, it's hard for those people outside to get in and what we're doing we're trying to do our part at their priority marketing and and that's why we started so it's funny like everything for us started with just a list of 50 uh vr companies back in 2015 or 16. And and the list grew to like 300 and then 800. And now we are at more than 3000 companies. And we've been adding and adding and adding resources like this uh, because each time we felt that there was a need and we were trying to meet the need. And so now we've got the directory. Uh, I was talking about some of those use cases. The directory is great, but when you go through the directory you've got a lot of people making claims and at some point, it becomes, you know, I wouldn't say useless, but difficult because how do you trust those guys? So, the, the case studies are really important because when you have the case studies, you can, you know, say you're in medical or in banking. If you're in banking, like, how do I use that? It's so not obvious. And you can find a case study of, for instance, soft skills training and how do you train employees to you know, answer those difficult business questions that applies to banking. And you can look that up on our website and find about the benefits and find about the ROI. And most importantly, connect with those very guys who did this thing that is so relevant to you. And then the community is another layer because, um, you know, it's on LinkedIn and you've got 70,000 professionals and you can just go there, post anything, and ask questions and network and meet with people and and, really have this interaction with people. And, And one of the things we've done this year that's been really powerful and a surprise for everyone, I think. We've had those monthly community events that we were doing on Zoom and we've moved them to the metaverse and we called it metaverse networking. And it's talk about the metaverse, in the metaverse, every month we've got industry experts who are coming, you know, talking about various topics, you know, ranging from retail to digital humans, digital twins, virtual worlds, anything inside of a virtual space. And people can talk to them, connect with them. And it's been widely powerful and successful. And I think one of the last thing we do, which is important at the moment is we have this recommended service where You know, it's all about, you know, helping those companies who are outside of the industries and they come to us and they can share their their brief and their needs. And we can recommend, you know, the companies, the XR professionals that they can trust and, and work with.
1: So, so many people ask me and I'm sure they ask you and Dominique, I'm sure you as well. They ask us where to start, how, how do they start and where, where are the resources? What what do they need to be doing? What do they need to be thinking about? And they hardly you know have an idea of what XR is, let alone what the capabilities are and what they can do with the technology. What, what are some tips that you'd offer interested parties who want to better understand the fundamentals of the
2: metaverse right. and where right. to connect
1: with creators and, and collaborators and all of those things?
2: Yeah, 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 and you're right. So it's, it's challenging. It's certainly a jungle out there and there's a lot of things. Uh, Uh, Not everything is equal, so not all the information you will get will be, you know, as valuable as. And um, some is excellent, some is not so good. And so the good ones, like the ones we like, uh, and of course, you know, we're not the only ones doing this, of course. And so um, some excellent sources I can recommend, the VIR Association is a great place to start. It's a fantastic association. They've got chapters in every city of the Western world or and more, actually. And uh, and they organize uh, events. They have the EMERS, uh event, uh, I forgot the exact name, but eMERS event, it's in Miami in December, great place to be. And they have a lot of resources. They also have a lot of online meetups and events on various topics. That's a great place. Uh, AWE, Augmented World Expo, is another good one. So they had their AWE USA conference uh, in June in Santa Clara that I mentioned earlier. I believe they have two other AWE conferences, Europe and Asia, uh, later this year, like September, October, November, something like that. And they do a bunch of things as well. They've got the OGIE Awards, which is also a great place to start because you see all those companies Putting out some of the best content. Uh, so another one that's fantastic, and then you've got you know several initiatives. Top of my head, I could name uh, XR collaboration. I find is a great website where you've got tons of resources and uh, guides on all things you can imagine. Imagine the XR world. Um, the Police Web World is also a good one. Uh, That's another type of awards and they're really focused on all things, WebXR, everything that you can do, you know, simply with a computer without a headset. Um, And to finish, I would say like the simplest is that LinkedIn is probably, you know, a great place to start because all of the XR industry, everyone is super involved in LinkedIn. I know we are. And uh, if you connect with the right people, then all of a sudden, uh, someone was telling me that their linking feed right now was like LinkedIn and coffee in the morning was the best part of the day because they had like all of those cool stories of all the companies doing this thing and all of sharing all of their successes and all of the excitement. And just, you know, reading LinkedIn, being connected with the right people was fantastic for them. And I would agree.
0: Yeah, I, I do the same thing. Like every day I just look up my LinkedIn and I like a bunch of them. And later <laughs> on, I can go back and see my old activities. And then, yeah, just, yeah,
1: I get, I get most of my news from LinkedIn, actually. I'm like, okay, what, what's new today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. No, great. And, you know, also because like, you, you know, everybody else is depending on, you know, what is said by news mediums and whatever the, the, the reports are coming out. But uh, LinkedIn, when you're connect, connecting
2: authentically
1: with, you know, companies, both big and small that are in the space, you're really seeing the insight of, of what's right, happening right. in the space. Yeah. And the
2: people like what I like about it is it's really the people because you can LinkedIn is this one place where you can connect with people directly. I find that everyone is in the industry is very friendly, very approachable. Mm-hmm uh even CEOs I mean I keep talking to CEOs all the time and they are the most approachable people they are really generous in comments and time and mm-hmm. yeah it's fantastic
1: it's, it's almost like crowd sourced information you exactly. know organic information so yeah it's great <laughs> it's
2: I love it <laughs> but I, I've had difficulty
1: connecting with people on LinkedIn or just really trying to you know get a hold in
0: there like mm-hmm. you know? Maybe it's because I'm not really in the industry yet. It seems like all of you are really deep within the industry with your own business. And I'm just it took out. years. It
1: took years. I mean, I've been in the industry for six years, Terry, like longer, you know, being a game designer. Um, I mean, I've been
2: there forever, so. so. <laughs>
1: but, but once you start connecting with people, joining the Reality Innovators Network and, and those types of things, um, you'll just grow your network exponentially because you'll start knowing who else to connect with. And um, and sometimes you don't even have to have a a rhyme or reason to to, to connect with somebody um, and just be interested in the work that that they do. I, I have had very good experiences with people in our network just loving to share. And that's part of the reason why I really like this industry is because the people are very collaborative um, they want to share knowledge. They want to grow the industry, right? They're, they, they're not really keeping things close to their hearts. Um, they, want to be, they want to share. They want to, they want to grow their business. They want to grow the industry's capabilities. Um, and so they're very, very open and willing to talk, you know, yes. even get on the phone, you know. Yeah. Um and so if you if you show interest in what they're doing, are they're very likely to be an open book for you.
2: <laughs> I, I would completely say on that. And I would say um, uh, yeah, of course it's easier when you've been in the industry and you know people, but then again, it's not hard to know people. Like you can a lot of people are very visible, you can connect with them fairly simply, you can follow them. But more than this, what I would advise is not just Follow and observe, like jump in. It's kind of the same thing of, you know, feel free to comment and share your opinion and like bounce ideas. And you'll be amazed at how, if you make comments, people will reply really to you. And also ask for co ask. Like I get a lot of ask. You'd be surprised. Like I've got every two, three weeks, like students coming to me asking me for hey, I'm working on this thesis uh, on XR technology, and I don't know, and I just want to ask you like five questions for 20 minutes. And I get on calls with students, and I try to help them, you know, answering their questions, and I'm not the only one. So, like, do this, and the more you do it, the more you're gonna be identifying more people, and your name is gonna come up, and you know, it's kind of like, same thing we were talking at the beginning, like, doing it, you know, connecting, and it becomes easier and easier as you do it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I remember last time I, uh, back in 2018, I was kind of just putting a lot of YouTube, um, um, LinkedIn and uh, I, I kind of read, um, I remember I read Charlie Fink's Metaverse. It was kind of just start, um, like just published. And I told myself, wow, if I can talk about the book, that would be great on my show. Uh, and, uh, I kind of, I don't know where did I get the courage before, because before I was like a nobody, I mean, now I'm still, you know, learning, but before I was like, nobody knows me. So I reached out to Charlie. I was like, uh, you know, and then I wrote like, Oh, Charlie, I read your book and thank you so much for writing this book. And this is amazing. Is there any possible that I can uh, it all like a six episode of your book and just talk a little bit about it and uh, your marketing resource and I can just share with you before you published yeah just just try just, just say like I admire you like, and your book and you know I got a chance to get on the phone with Charlie when he was still in New York so it was like I was shocked that wow this this big yeah. you know really big person and can 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 hop on the phone with me right and uh, he he just said whatever thing you want to do just go ahead cuz once i publish this book it's already out and he's just <laughs> yeah he's super cool and uh, so that's why i think yeah charlie's a, a cool person and i didn't realize that i can connected with somebody like leaders, mm-hmm. that's so easy, right? <laughs> just just mm-hmm. No, especially. yeah,
2: I think honestly, I would say, I would say another thing, you know, we keep talking about this time and I think we're living in a really unique time. I personally think it's never been easier to connect and be in touch with people all around the world. Like one of the things we're talking about COVID, um, I'm in Cabo San Lucas. Dominic is in California. Sofia is in D.C. And it's always, always, always the case. Like, it's impressive. Like, before the internet, before social media, if you wanted to do the same thing in 2005, in 2005, you want to connect with industry leaders, you know, in the auto industry, good luck doing that. It would have been much, much harder. I think now is a great time because, Number one, you've got the technology to do this. Number two, especially with COVID, people are so used to doing everything remotely that it's become really normal. And yes, you've got this mindset of the industry of being open and everything. So if anything, I think it's a, it's a great time. Your targeting story is uh, perfect, Dominique.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think this is, you know, LinkedIn is great. And I remember one time, I think Ellen, Ellen Smithen, he posts a a post like asking about people or something and someone tagged me. And I was like, oh, I I want to meet, you know, connect with Ellen. And then later on, we connected and I listened to his podcast. And I really, uh, like during that time, you know, um, XR Ignite, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I forgot the name, but um, yeah, I, I, I listened to that and, I listened to all the episodes and I learned a lot and I got so inspired. So I, I wrote to Alan and say, wow, you guys are amazing. And I think he introduced me to join another group. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And, and, and look at you now, you just, you, you just came back from AWE. You attended one of Alan's, you know,
0: parties at
1: the, at the yeah. house that we were
0: staying at, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's amazing that I, I, you know, I, I I was just like Tracy, right? Just, you know, start from nowhere and just start my show and reading books and start learning unity and post it on LinkedIn or social media. Yeah, yeah so that's how I'm, I... Grew. But, but you well, know the what? F- is,
2: Go ahead, sir.
1: Was, Really quick, I was going to say the beauty is that we all started from quote unquote nowhere when it comes to X-Star.
2: <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say the exact same thing. You know, all of those people you're talking about, Alan and Charlie Fink and everyone, Like the industry is so fresh that, you know, us, VRM, we started from nothing like in 2015 or 16, like everything we've done has been rebuilt from zero. And uh, even the current version of the website has been out for like 18 months or less. And so it's kind of this really cool thing about, you know, this far west stage of, what is the far west? Everything is new. It's not like if you go in the auto industry or if you go in the movie industry, like the studios were the studios in the 1930s, you know, forever. But now, you know, everything is fresh and everyone is new. And even the most um, established people, well, yes, yeah, they're just starting and everything is easy. So again, great time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, you can just start right now and uh, every Saturdays post something, on LinkedIn and maybe take you know Terry or Sophia or take me and we will help you share your your new app. Yeah. I,
1: I always tell people to do that tag me you know if they want if they want more for my participation I'll, and then we will and a lot of people we, we want to support you know it's yeah. definitely a very it's a very um, fluid giving community and dominique you did all the right things and, I, and that's exactly what i did when i um when i first started even now i you know i do as well it's, I, i'm always offering and giving and not expecting anything in return necessarily even um, and people remember that in general i think it's just a, like a very common i think it's, a, thing, I, think right? it's
2: uh, I mean it's, it's it's an excellent advice for anything in life
1: yeah, yeah, and it works. And people, everybody wants to support each other because if we are growing as an industry, it's good for everyone, you know? Yeah. Um. And, and then another thing I wanted to say, when people commonly ask me about um, diversity and inclusion and all those things, I'm a woman and I, you know, and I um, co-founded a, a group called XR Woman, which you forgot to mention, Terry, as a resource, but <laughs> um, but do look up xrwoman.com. We meet, meet every Wednesday on uh ILearns campus. But um, you know, when, it, when I get asked the question all the time, I you know, I talk about diversity and, and inclusion not from a gender or race perspective, but from um, a skill set, um, background and experience perspective. Um, and in that sense, everyone has really a lot to offer this industry like technologists alone can't do this because we can be great at what we do and know the technology in and out, but we need the subject matter expertise of people coming from the various industry professions um, to be able to guide the um, the technology and how it should be applied to that industry sector. So that is very important. So even if you're brand new to the XR space, um, those that your inputs are very valuable to the space. Right. Um, so don't ever think that you're too new to jump in. On right, 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 right,
2: right, right, right. I would go even further. There's one article I keep talking about, and I've never had the time or made the time to write. That's called, there's no such thing as the XR industry. And, and the idea was that basically, the companies, you know, when XR restarted back in 2016, it was, hey, I'm a VR company and we do a bunch of different things and we do medical and travel and this and this and that. And now the companies that we see that are really successful, they are very vertically integrated and they're real estate marketing that happen that use a bunch of technologies, including XR. But at the core, they're really real estate people. And that's completely different from medical training companies and this time they are medical experts and they're training people and they've been doing it for 20 years and they have e-learning on pc and iphone and ipad apps and now also they are using xr and you've got this for each and every vertical and so back to what sophia was saying well it's even worse like the companies the xr companies that are succeeding well they're not xr they're embedded inside of those industry and it's vital to have all of those expertise and it's all the expertise in the world literally because it's all the verticals in the world so anything and everything you can add is important because it's not just about the technology it's about what you're going to do with the technology
0: yeah i remember uh, charlie post a post he said he is the team uh, student in xr and I was like, if he labeled himself a team student, then <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I feel like everyone is so humble and uh, yeah, and I, I I, don't feel weird, embarrassed to, you know, to, to, to think I'm always learning, right? Because sometimes we need to think uh, we need to be an expert in order to do something, right? But I think in XR is the, just like Sophia said, that it's the process, right? We just keep moving. And since the technology goes so fast, I remember in AWE, one girl asked me one question like, hey, uh, there are a lot of principles in UX, UI, right? There are you know a lot of font, size, buttons, menu system, everything has already set. Why there are no uh, XR principles? And I told her that, um, you know, in order to create a principles, you need to make sure the device is set, right? For example, our phone, it's this shape forever, won't change, won't change to circle or um, your, no, won't change to sphere or weird shape, right? And the desktop is always all, only those sizes. And uh, you see everything is set. So you can easily to create, for example, like, oh, uh, the font size cannot smaller than 13 PT or something, right? You can set the 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 stuff. But you see AR glass, VR, right? Everything is keep changing. How can you create a principles on top of something that is keep changing? So we need to at least wait until the physical device fixed. Then we can say, oh, this font needs to be whatever size and the distance. Oh, you're right?
2: talking about the physical device that hasn't been released yet? No,
0: no. Ha- ha- I'm kidding. It's yeah, a, it's a yeah. joke. It's yeah, it's not it's a, even... If you're
2: talking about like the AR glasses, like the yeah. Apple glasses, I mean, yeah, they're like, going to be released and, in like 2027 or something.
0: Yeah, rumors said that, you know, 2023, and it's <laughs> not likely, right? So so if the the, the the hardware, the environment is not even set, how can you have a role? But But I think this is the beauty of it because we are creating a future. We are not following the rules. So, I yes, think and that's this is... ex-
2: exactly. I think to me, that's the most exciting part. It's again, you know, talking about the forest is when you have your own, you know, you are talking about creating your own company. You can really like create your own set of rules. Like you get to decide, okay, we're going to do things this way and that way. And you keep talking with people who are trailblazing and deciding for themselves this is how I choose to do this thing. Because there's nothing, there's, there's not been anything before. So you're the first one you get to make those choices. And I think it's fantastic. Like, because for instance, in our company, um, we've been remote from day one before it was cool. Like we've been remote since 2014. And so everything has been designed in our company so that we could do everything remotely everything is cloud-based blah 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 and because it was not a because you know it's not because of COVID. so we had time to design those things as processes and really get comfortable with it and it allows things where quite literally like i never know when i talk to sophia it's like oh where are you are you in dc or are you in new york and i don't know and i don't care and everyone was like for instance thinking i was talking to deborah so i was talking to deborah and at some point she makes i forgot she went to a wedding and usually she's in california in los angeles and then she was in chicago and she i was like oh wow so you're you're, you're central this time and i didn't even knew it because it doesn't matter in the way we work and so one of the cool side effects is well we've decided that you know It's impacting our very way of life in the company. It's not just about work, it's about who we are. And it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, like um, when when I work, right? uh, I usually start working at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. because I wake up very early. And then my manager always thinks I am living in the, the you know New York time East. I say <laughs> no. I in LA. It's just I like wake up really early. So that's why you see my message is always like 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I know Terry, um, I had one more question for you um, that I think might be interesting to go over.
2: Sure.
1: Um, I think that what we, you know, we see a lot of people wanting to do, you know, an NFT project or like something with it that's kind of, I mean, that's just almost um, sometimes just short-sighted because they're not thinking about like long-term strategies and plans, like, okay, why are you or why are you doing AR versus VR or you know what is the entire holistic metaverse strategy not just this one tiny little project here like what's the whole what's the whole overall effort so um, you know what are some of the main things that companies and brands need to think about in order to build the longer term strategy for the metaverse
2: right 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 so that's a good one and yes that's the question we hear all the time and I would say there's a lot of things and potentially it's very easy to get into a lot of minutiae, but uh, I would say a few things. So number one, I would say something we haven't said at all today. It's start now. It's, you want to start, you want to, you know, stop overthinking it and start doing something. So start with a simple project, start with a pilot project, start investing just a little bit of money. Investing money is good because Gets you some skin in the game and it it allows you to, you know, hire people, start building something. And and most importantly, also, no one is waiting for you. The train is moving super fast. And and if you don't stop now, you're really going to be left behind. And then uh, there are a few building blocks that are really important and that, you know, you're going to be needing whatever you're going to be doing. Obviously, number one, like the one common denominator in everything metaverse is that at the core, we're talking about 3D worlds with 3D environments and 3D everything, meaning that 3D models and 3D technology is the backbone of this immersive content. And you want to get really good at 3D content um, and that content can be made, like you can create 3D content from scratch, or it can be captured, you can capture the reality and like scan environments or objects and integrate it. And if you're a company, if you're a business, it also means that you need to go from 2D thinking to 3D thinking. So whereas before you had libraries of pictures and images, you know, your whole catalog of you know, whatever you're selling, it's pictures in 2D. Well, this whole catalog needs to become a 3D catalog of 3D objects and resources that you can use in your 3D world. So once again, number one, 3D. Number two, game engines. And we're talking, the the word game is probably a bit misleading, but game engines are important because video games was the first industry to need this thing. And now it's being used everywhere. And it's where the magic happens. It's where so you've got two bigger engines that everybody keeps using. It's either Unreal Engine or Unity, and and that's you know the tool that's going to be able to take your three D assets and turn them into really interactive you know immersive experiences. And I would say. Um, Another part that's really important, if you've got your 3D models and if you can interact with them, then you're going to have a world, but it's going to be empty. So you want to have your avatars, which are the people that are going to be coming and populate the world. And, and so the minute you talk about a virtual world, well, you start talking about avatars, because that's how we as humans show up inside of those virtual worlds. So you've got all kinds of avatars. They range from cartoony to super photorealistic, And there's one company that's very interesting in the avatar space, and it's Ready Player Me. They are super successful right now. And they've got those really cool avatars that you can customize and that are compatible with a wide array of worlds. So if you want to get started with avatars, definitely check out Ready Player Me. And then I would say the last thing, and it's been a wild ride for NFTs, but NFTs are certainly a big part of the, of this equation as well and i know people have been crazy about it last year and then it's been a big crash this year and i think it's kind of this you know it's expected with technology where people you know you've got this roller coaster um format but nfts are important because at the end of the day they are proof of ownership and traceability of the digital content over time. And that's not going anywhere. And yes, it's not perfect, but that's certainly going to be embedded inside of those digital worlds. So it's probably another skill that you want to master as a business entering the metaverse.
0: Yeah. And uh, I have one question, which is uh, right now we see, see, for example, sandbox, right? Fortnite, right? The Roblox, those, are claim, they are kind of the metaverse, right? <laughs> and they are centralized, right? And uh, you see like all the big players, they are all centralized. And we are kind of trying to make web, uh, Web3 Web as metaverse, because metaverse and Web3, they are two different concepts, right? right? Web3 is <coughs> for uh, using blockchain to decentralize the kind of a lot of information or payment transaction. However, metaverse is a digital place where people can gather, uh, interact, more more social aspects. And as for Web3 is focusing on the technology part. So how do you see, like, for example, if we put the metaverse on top of Web3, or what do you see the trend? Is that towards more centralized place or more uh, Web3? Because those two are different and people are trying to mingle them. Right, right, right,
2: right. And I think, you know, if you take web analogies, um, it's a conversation we had earlier, Sophia, actually, where um, the web is coming, the origin of the web is uh, public. Uh, it's coming from the public world, if you will. It started, it started with the military, it was Annette, and then it was used by universities, and it was doom, and it was this set. Of standards that were designed to be used by everyone. Whereas the metaverses, plural, that you're describing are all private initiatives and, and they're being owned by whatever company is behind them. So, for instance, for Fortnite is Epic and for Old is this one and that one. And so, well, if I have my private initiative like Decentraland, I own everything. And I think part of the challenge uh, is to get to this place where, and it's, it's a challenge on several levels. It's a technical challenge. It's a business challenge. It's to get to this place where we take all of those individual private initiatives and somehow we manage to make them talk together. Somehow we manage to have them share the same standards so that your avatars and objects that you've purchased left you can use right so if i purchase some goods in fortnite well i can use them in the and that's certainly a long, long and complex road and um and i mean i think we're going to be talking about this in a decade frankly <laughs> yeah
0: oh uh, and as uh, yes. for oven oh go ahead sophia I was
1: just gonna say, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with what all of you guys are saying, and that's why there's um, you know for me personally, um, there's such a focus on on the web and the becoming of the immersive web because I definitely think that's um, where everything is going. And if we want to have interoperability not only between metaverse worlds or immersive worlds, but between everything that's going on with web three as well, I think that's what we're when we're going to see the pinnacle of capability of the metaverse right it's not in my mind it's it's social is like the base layer of of what we do in the metaverse but i think that from that then stems education then stems um retail and and being able to do transactions um you know having different uh, different opportunities for work in these spaces but that is all um It's all a combination. It will be a combination of all of these technologies together. And I think the only way that we can truly achieve that um, is through um, open source standards um, and through the web. Uh, So that's kind of of where I see everything going. So I would like to actually have, I would love to have more conversations between these different industry sectors as well um, that are going to play a big part in the coming of the metaverse.
0: Yeah, agree. And do you think that a person should only have one avatar or different avatars in different, I don't know, platform, different, for example, social, one avatar and a game, one avatar, uh, re- uh, retail, one mm-hmm. avatar or just one avatar?
2: I think everyone should be able to do exactly what they want to do. Like exactly like, car. like should a person have one car or several cars oh. or should they have a scooter or a car or use public transportation? I think it's like this thing where I'm very comfortable with my physical appearance. And so I like to have avatars that look like me, but that's me. Some people will tell you the exact opposite that, oh my God, I'm a shy person and you know, I'm a skinny person and I wish I was a big person or I'm a big person and I'm always embarrassed because everyone is looking at me all the time. So I wish I was small and anything and everything in between. And so I think that one of the beauty of the digital world is that you get to be whatever you choose to think I think it's really one of the features It's fantastic. Like you get to be and choose whatever you want to be. Like you, Like for our Metaverse networking events, We choose to be in really cool, beautiful places. So we were in a Miami Beach house, and now we're going to be in a New York penthouse because we choose to. And I think no one should ever have to tell you, you should have one avatar, and it should be you, and that's going to be like this, and it's not going to work.
0: Yeah,
1: freedom of expression—that's the whole point, right? Yeah. You can be yeah. like, if, if you've been in, ever been in VR chat, I mean, there's like there's some crazy characters in there. Like you, every time I go in there, Christina Heller's a hot dog, you
2: know. So I I recognize <laughs> her.
1: I recognize her as as the hot dog. Of time. I, I will say that um, having avatar systems be interoperable—if people should choose to want to be that one avatar and have that one presence. Um, will pro- makes it easier to recognize people and to not have to re get to know people over and over again because I find that and especially in VR chat where it's so easy to change your character in world um that I almost have to like learn to reapproach that person and you know like okay it is like it just be have some self-assurance reassurance that like it is who I'm, who I remember talking to, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. so, so it's really, it's an interesting dynamic when, when people do change their characters often, but I've gotten to know, well, but I've also gotten to know people as their avatar in different platforms, like as that one avatar on this platform, one avatar on this platform, like I know that that person is the avatar on this, plat- you know, in, in these various platforms, or then I've seen people like carry over different characteristics is a friend of mine, Austin Kane, who is a world builder. he has like his staple is green like lime green so like oh and, and
0: I, I think i i saw him uh, in see? aw yeah yeah everything is green when you talk about even green person. i know him uh
2: yeah see? that's good yeah. branding
0: that's yeah. good branding everything's even green person even look, in person he does looks it. like super mario right
2: yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but you know what so i had the same thing with a client and friend of ours Michael. And I I had to learn this because I was in this event and there was this character. And so him not making this up, Michael, it's blue. And so I had this blue guy in front of me and like he was in front of me and waving and I didn't realize who that was at the time. And I was like, hi, so I acknowledge the guy and I don't say more and we were on mute. And so we couldn't talk to me. And it's only later that I realized that that avatar was someone I knew. And then i realized that it was always blue so now it's easy so the blue guy michael i can talk to him but another thing i would say it's kind of like close um we have like business events in vr and so i certainly make an effort now to look the same in business settings with my avatar so that People, number one, recognize it's me. I mean, it's easier for me So I'm, because I'm black. So, you know, there's not so many black people. That You know, it tends to be me at the time and, and they can recognize me fairly easily this way. Um, but yeah, I kind of have, I have a business look for my business things, if you will, for my business, virtual immersive things. And if you're doing personal stuff and gaming stuff, and if I'm, you know, I don't know, like, playing a game like BitSaber uh, is a bad example because you don't have avatars, but you know, golf or whatever, and it's with friends and I don't have those limitations as, anymore. And I can choose to be whatever I want to because all of a sudden it's not that important. And that's, again, that's me, that's my choices. Yeah, yeah. Like
0: now now I get it. It's it's more like, for example, my LinkedIn profile, um, right? The, the, the headshot- It's like your LinkedIn
2: versus your, your Facebook.
0: Facebook yeah instagram it's all different but it's all me oh yeah cuz in awe i think the after party some one person i forgot who like keep asking people like do you think avatar you know should be one for all or should be different and everyone just keeps saying i want different i want different
2: i mean it's like you it's, i think you framed it perfectly with social media hmm. There's not just one you, like there's the you that your friends from high school know. Hmm. And it's a different you that your grandmother knows from, you know, the the weekend. I have have.
1: plenty of real
2: me's. (laughs) 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 And then there's the wild party girl you of (laughs) 25. And I don't want to know because, you know, too much information. And then there's the very serious business you who's hosting the podcast. And all of those are you and all of those are different.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's something to be said about um you know again that this interoperability enabling kind of like the single Mm sign-on ability um so again whether you know you want one avatar or not you know up to you but the ability to be able to authenticate using whatever measures um, are out there potentially eye tracking whatever and then having your um your crypto wallet set up you know, all of your personal identifier, you know, information, your avatar, all that stuff, um, just kind of stay with you from world to world or platform to platform. Um, I think it's something that we're all striving to to just be have the ability to be able to do. But obviously, like that data is yours to be able to do what you want with and and you know alter as you want. So you can you know you can have different you know. Personalities, and if you want, Ready Player Me allows you the capability, the ability to have different avatars. And when you log into a platform, which avatar do you want to use? You know, so there can be interoperability at the same time as variety, mm-hmm. also. But I think not only in the avatar system, but like I said, all this personal identifier, uh, inf- identifying information, um, to be able to do like a single um, authentic- authentication with. Um, with that person and be able to kind of use that across the metaverse I think it's kind of the goal there yeah
0: yeah very cool yeah cool yeah any other topic you wanna
2: I mean if you have five hours we
0: could... <laughs> cool cool yeah <laughs> I mean yeah thank you so much for being our speaker today I know today is like a July 4th for like a long weekend, and uh, everyone is celebrating. And thank you so much for dedicating to to this event. I'm really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, and I will see you guys around on LinkedIn or on some virtual or physical events. Cool. Well,
2: Absolutely. I would say thank yeah. Thank you so much, dominique for having us. It's a pleasure. I really like the format, and I really like the energy you bring to this. So it's a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, and I will see you guys around.
2: Absolutely. Bye-bye. One? Bye bye.
0: Bye. Thank you.